Okay, we are back to getting to the root of it with Venus Roots, aka me, your host. I can't believe it's been a year since the last episode. So much has happened since then, and I can't wait to sort of unravel with all of you and sort of bring y'all in as to what has happened this last year and sabbatical and the travels and a new home, Saturn return, all the things in between. And I was reflecting on the last episode, and it was with a friend of mine, Fariha Roishing, who had just published her book, Who is Wellness For? And the conversation, which I believe it's the most listened to and the most streamed out of the show up to date, it was a conversation that really reflected on excavating trauma, familial trauma, our notions of self-worth and value, how we make sense and meaning of family and what that may mean, and all the sort of related things of sort of grief and loss and ritual, ceremony. And it was a really tender conversation and I was so moved and continue to be moved when I received messages or emails or like text messages from people all over hearing the sort of impact that that conversation had. And saying all that to say that it feels really appropriate and it feels right-sized that here I am as a host a year later, still feeling all of those things that I felt in that conversation, but also with renewed reflections and some new lessons. And one of those is really centered around my relationship to control and surrender. And if you all have noticed or have been following me for some time, I don't typically ever do interviews. And if I do, in the rare, in the rare instance that I do, it's typically more from a sort of like people's scholar, intellectual, political analysis vantage point rather than me myself as Nikki. Um, and for this season, I kind of wanted to challenge myself and sort of lean into that surrender and show more parts of myself and show more wholly who I am beyond Venus Roots, but really as Nikki, as a human, as a daughter, a lover, a friend. And it felt most appropriate to do that by bringing someone who knows me so intimately in so many corners of my life and also corners of the world. And who during the sabbatical this past year has also been sort of in such a parallel journey sort of traversing through these unknown waters alongside. And we've had so many beautiful and so many challenging moments in this past year together that I sort of wanted to invite my best friend and comrade and sister and all the things to actually host this episode and give me the opportunity to sort of, yeah, let go a little and see what emerges from that space so i want to welcome my best friend which i'm sure many of you all know from my instagram sabrina baydoon <laughs> hi babe hello hello nikki um wow not me about to open up the conversation with some tears mm, i love that <laughs> i just i i wanted to say really quickly like thank you for saying yes i think you're you're a person that is so grounded in boundaries and I know your yes means a lot and I'm really grateful mm. Mm. yeah I equally feel really grateful for this conversation um, it feels right on time mm -hmm. and I feel the significance of what it means to have made the choice for yourself to sort of relinquish the power. We all know in our creative journeys, just, you know, we have visions, we have stories we want to tell, but there's also a safety in being the curator. There's a safety of being the host, if you will. And so mm -hmm. I felt so proud to have witnessed your journey and these micro moments of saying yes and yes and more yes to increasing vulnerability. And yeah, I just feel super grateful to be trusted as the person to help facilitate this conversation today. Um, I see myself in your story right now. You know, we are just this week 
sitting in places at the precipice of this past year, um, saying hello to new homes. We both just in the past seven days have gotten keys to our new houses. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I say that to say there's a lot to call into reflection and the timing feels perfect. Mm -hmm. And thank you for, for your yes too. So, so if it's cool, I actually want to start us off with a little bit of your own creation Mm. and (laughs) I want to pull up a quote uh, by our great Audre Lorde Mm. that you recently cited in uh, one of your newsletters. And so this quote says, we learn by looking at the differences inside ourselves, the contradictions that exist in me, inside you. How do we not deny pieces of ourselves? How do we avoid using one part of ourselves to kill other parts within us? How do we learn to give voice, space, and breath to all the parts of ourselves without being ripped apart? Mm. Audre Lorde says, learning to do that is a template for learning how to relate with others. It doesn't come easy and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes place in the little decisions that we make today and tomorrow. Mm. (laughs) And so, yeah, I felt really moved when I read that piece. I think about some of our FaceTime calls and just the big questions that, you know, we've processed in our life together. And I think, you know, for folks who, you know, maybe haven't read some of your more vulnerable writing that you've shared recently or just aren't aware of like the internal movings of your process of becoming. Um, I want you to like expand a little bit, like why that quote, why right now, what are the parts of Nikki that are begging to come alive? And maybe what are the parts of you that have had to sort of learn to take a long nap Mm. (laughs) in order for that to happen? Ooh, I mean, you know, also just like as a Gemini I'm like wow I love words so much because I mean that that like transported me back I know exactly where I was when I read that quote for the first time and I was in either Ipanema or Copacabana sitting in the beach um by myself I'm not sure where you were at but um maybe a, maybe a caipirinha nearby right definitely like I, yeah 100 percent um <laughs> and it like i like reread it maybe like three four times and it just stuck i think i took a picture of it maybe put it on my instagram story too but it's yeah it's it's funny that like you were able to i don't know like tease that out out of all the, the quotes and the phrases that are all over the newsletters um and yeah i think to what you're saying and your question, like when I read that sitting in that beach by myself and, you know, one of my favorite, if not my favorite city in the world that I've traveled to and also like in this really, I don't know, in the sort of like revolving door of transition, right? Like I was coming to the tail end of um, sabbatical in some ways and was like gonna start Uh, was gonna like come back to the states and kick off some artist residencies and you know I think a lot of my thinking in Brazil was like preparing for this chapter of being in New York and like the new thing that happens you know it was kind of like the last um you know and it was carnival too which also like spiritually and historically is the sort of like release of energy before you go I mean, you know, into Lent or into rest or into ritual of restraint, constraint. So I don't know. There was so many levels of that that felt like parallels to my own life. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like the last hurrah before shit gets um, very real. And I have to like go back to work and I'm moving to this really chaotic city. And, you know, and now I'm like thinking of all my decisions that have led up to this moment. And I think that week was also when Saturn Return started for me. Yep. So it was just like all the things. So I think that quote, um, you know, and I continue reflecting on it. I think it's like to keep ourselves alive and um, not just like alive literally, I think, and but also just like socially. 
um, and to be liked by others and to not be excluded, we train ourselves to sort of perform in certain ways. And of course, in like our capitalist society, some behaviors are rewarded. And I think I had been thinking a lot around like, if I'm able to suppress certain things in my body, in my being, and put other areas in overdrive, I'm gonna be rewarded for them. And rewarded in like a multitude of ways, you know, like social capital, money capital, um, et cetera. And I think that is a sort of dangerous like reinforcement feedback loop of, okay, if I actually can demonstrate that I have my shit together, that you know I have my long-term relationship, I have all my best friends from when I was a child, I have this expansive community network, I'm very productive, I am like multifaceted in all these ways and don't really collapse at any, at any point. Um, I mean, I, I think I've seen the ways in which that has brought me like some gains, you know? And I think internally and spiritually, it's also brought a lot of turmoil um, because I it's confusing and I have a hard time discerning like what do I actually need and what do people value in me? Um, and mm. that lack of discernment is like really dangerous and really overwhelming. Um, and I think that really showed itself in this past year because I was away from home, um, like moved from home for the first time in my life. And it's like, you know, I'm almost 30 and was away from like familiarity. I, I underestimated um, what familiarity does like that home court advantage I think is like yeah I'm just like oh I'm like in all these places some places where I don't really speak the language some places where I just don't know the context places where I don't know people and I come from a place where I was so deeply anchored and so deeply rooted yeah and in that time I've just had to think of like you know where do these things come from and I think the excavating of that has been really painful and really challenging thinking back to like just being a really young child in an environment of a lot of emotional neglect and knowing that I'd be rewarded or that there would be more safety in that environment if I was able to like figure things out on my own and always just keep ascending whatever that meant even as a child Mm -hmm. Um, I think when I was younger it meant like you know, an obsession with um, like academic performance and like demonstrating to people that I was really smart. I think as I've gotten older, there's like different forms of that, but kind of all with the same root. And I think this yeah. quote of Audre Lorde is like, well, what do we abandon and what are the parts of ourselves that we kill in that process? And, you know, I don't have a sophisticated answer, but it's a question that I'm taking more closely and more seriously and and feeling like it's worth my time to interrogate that and that that's more worthy than like and you know an external output I can put in like I can show people you know or like a um, you know I don't know like oh I did this it's like okay that's cool you can show it you can post on Instagram whatever but actually just like the internal work of like sifting through yeah it's like deep meaning of like what do we value about ourselves um yeah so yeah i mean there's Absolutely. so much to say there but uh, well that's yeah. a, that's under there it's everything right. <laughs> um from here it's everything no absolutely and i think also like you know there there's so much in what you shared and some of the things that i'm really still like chewing on is like confusion mm. right what a choice of word like confusion really being the impact of one learning the survival strategy in a world that is ever shifting and conditions that are ever evolving but also like you know folks who know know very well like the gemini capacity to constantly assess conditions around and infer best strategy you know the the wheels of that gear are constantly turning Mm -hmm. but i think (laughs) you know to to my humble surprise, you know, in my own experience of these of these very shared survival tendencies into, you know, what I've witnessed in you, like your humble surprise as well is like, well, shit, 
even the Gemini genius has limitation. I'm a Gemini rising, by the way, all Pisces sun. <laughs> even the Gemini genius has its limitations when, to your point, there is not that home court advantage because yes, it is convenience that we're experiencing. Yes, it is safety, it's connection, it's belonging. It's all of these really beautiful core pivotal things. But I think most significantly to what I've witnessed in your journey and have felt firsthand in mine, what it also is, is a real fucking moment of life reckoning where only the only the power of age really and new shit has has the impact in saying like your old tools won't work the same way and that thing that you've learned to be three steps ahead in anticipating what will be the successful strategy to grant me the sort of impact that i want and you know to our to your point like yeah it's like really what's in being pursued after it's not fame or fortune you know where people have like very clear very very clear political compass and values and i think you know you you do a beautiful job of like holding those center in your life and yet still the pursuit of like sometimes believing that our worth lives external mm-hmm. is something that none of us are invincible mm-hmm. to um and so yeah i just just like really thinking deeply around like how in some ways one of the most significant journeys toward deeper vulnerability and a deeper yes to yourself and a yes that says i want to and i will allow myself to be in this more expansive set of shapes it's not just the shapes that you know allot me safety that i will say yes to it is all these versions that i don't even know how to say yes to and they're scary as fuck when i say yes Mm -hmm. to and what are the consequences when i say yes to them how in some ways it's like that has become the new survival shape because we you you know in a new place of new connections of new unknowns the other thing is no longer going to keep you safe you have to figure out And so, yeah, I'm just really curious, like for you, like thinking about that thread of like, you know, the evolution of like how we keep ourselves safe and thinking about this journey that you've been on of saying yes to more versions of yourself that aren't always on and maybe that need more support. Like how has that become the new thing that will, yeah, how has, how have you been like thinking about that in in ways that relate to expanded sense of just well-being and, and feeling like you could hold yourself down yeah oof i feel like that's gonna be my like initial response to everything but <laughs> um yeah you know I, it's been really 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 fucking hard like yeah. really hard i mean i in a personal level i mean i can name very few people a few other people that i think struggle more or as much as I do with asking support of others, especially for like really basic necessary things, like a place to stay, you know, um, I've relied on so much structure. And I think that's where this like threat of control at at the top of, of the conversation that I was alluding to is like, you know, I'm used to having all my things in order so that it can account for as much chaos or unexpected circumstance or like external pressures. I'm like, that's always life. I'm like, right, that's okay. But I always got my shit on point. So, you know, that's kind of like the familiar ring for me. And I think having to ask so many favors and like bids of care to so (sighs) many people has for me like revealed some of like, I don't know, you know, like my most like numbing fears um in in this last newsletter i did that was like for my paid readers um (laughs) it i i started off with like a sort of um, analogy of this time i was on a hike I, i started talking about like my fear of heights and how a somatic response to that is like i freeze up i mean you've you've sort of seen this when we were hiking in in guate a million years ago but and that moment on the <laughs> jumping off the cliff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then in Jamaica, which, yeah, is, is also in the newsletter. Yeah. There's like something, I don't know. And I want to like dig deeper into it in like my own 
imagination like my fear of heights teaches me so much about like my somatic truth and like body wisdom and how you can't intellectualize your way out of those things which has been one of my most powerful tools up to now um and you know i talk about how like yeah my body just freezes and it's so out of my control and it's really scary and i sort of make the connection how like this transition and this chapter of my life feels so much like that you know i think um having to depend on so many people just for basic things and then also not having like a super clear defined timeline is really overwhelming and it sort of uproots everything else you know then it brings up my insecurities around my friendships and my networks of community then it um, brings up like my own attitudes about money and you know as a person that grew up like working class poor like there's a particular relationship that I have to like financial security um, so it like brings up like my childhood shit um, just feeling like untethered to a lot of the anchors of support I mean some baseline stuff right like it's like first time in my adult life I don't have health care and you know I'm like healthcare queen you know I'm like <laughs> therapy acupuncture mm-hmm. like somatics like I have you know really had put so much investment into that because I had access to it and like not having access to that it's just a lot and then also just like these questions of like I don't know regret you know like why am I in this new place and like just a million yeah. things I think and it's, it feels really overwhelming and I think where I'm learning I guess like a, a a mistake in the toolkit or maybe you know I think it was just a chess play that I thought was gonna get me to where I needed to and it actually backfired was again this like tendency to be like I could just plan for everything and like it'll work out in my favor right <laughs> Mm-hmm. and it's like no bitch you can't like that's really just not how life unfolds you know I I, I couldn't have predicted that you know my mom's health was going to be deteriorating as much as, as it has been this, this past six seven months you know I like couldn't have not predicted that and the impact of that on our family on my own responsibilities as a daughter I couldn't have predicted like not getting job offers like flooded in my inbox et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and yeah it's been really 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 hard you know I think it's it's definitely like the the loudest noise in the room with me every day and mm. that feels really challenging and I just you know it's funny because my therapist was like well, you don't sound like an, a particularly anxious person. It just sounds like you're going through like life altering changes that would make anybody feel anxiety. And mm. I think that was like an important reminder. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't want to feel like catastrophic about the thing. Like, oh my God, this is the end of, of, of everything. But that's kind of how it felt emotionally and like in my body, you know, I think like, just crying so much like so much like anxiety attacks and like just feeling extremely overwhelmed and and unsure of like what is the step forward you know and yeah it's 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 been really 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 challenging and I also think like really humbling and it's Mm -hmm. also teaching me a lot about compassion like I think I'm really good at extending compassion outwards you know it's like part of being a leftist and part of being an organizer um like I think that's a really driving force but I don't typically always hold myself as a as someone that also deserves that level of compassion Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's been a million and one lessons there and it's like ongoing and I know that you relate very intimately and deeply as someone that's like Mm -hmm. you know in the same shit in so many ways no absolutely oh yeah we really we really into the root of it right (laughs) (laughs) no yeah i think um so just this past week i you know similar timeline it's been a year Mm. 
just you know last summer i i can look back and remember so so vividly um you know there's there's two memories that come to me really distinctly as sort of like these like core foretelling moments of like oh and the chapter is shifting you know maybe even the book is shifting Mm -hmm. um and you know me and nikki have known each other since college, um, seeing each other really blossom into our adulthood. Um, you know, I've been radicalized alongside Nikki. And so, so many big life chapters had already been come, but I think there was like a very clear sense that we were coming on the precipice of the biggest of all. And the, and the moment I'm thinking about is um, we went to the beach. Mm. It was very early. I think it was after boxing. Mm-hmm. And um exactly <laughs> right and there were just a fuck ton of tears yeah. you know did big wailing grief yeah um and there was so much there that was beyond a reckoning of our personal journey journeys past and to come it was it was really a big grief around miami yeah. um and a reckoning of like what was to come uh, and just witnessing before our eyes, you know, this place that we called home and this place that, you know, through Fem Power, um, through your work with Power You, there was so much investment to see a, a leftist victory in our state. And, you know, organizers are still on the ground making that work happen. And, you know, the story will continue to to be written. But yeah, there's a lot of grief around Miami. And I didn't actually even mean to talk about Miami right now, but it's just it's just emerging. Um, and I guess I want to say that, like, there's three things that are sort of like in in the room with me right now as, as I'm seeing it. It's like there's the deeply intimate sort of violent at times somatic personal experience. Mm-hmm. And to your point, like, I really do get it, you know, just last week. Um, I moved and my partner is like one of the only secure connections that I have in this place. And so one of the only places I felt comfortable making these requests for support. Um, But, you know, like they're just one person and I got big visions for this room, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So that very quickly was becoming an inadequate network of care to lean on. And, you know, and their most like compassionate, proactive self, they were like, all right, these are all the people I think we could ask for help. And I was like, hold the fuck up. Like, absolutely hold the fuck up. Like, no. And everything in my body was like, it wasn't that I don't believe we should lean on each other. It wasn't that, you know, this makes sense. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to exhaust any individual network of care because I, you know, and and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Like, I think we both have that foresight of like the balance, constantly attuning to the balance where beyond even when I can give myself a yes to make my request in this moment of such exhaustive economic realities where the needs for interdependence and the needs for care are so heightened, you know, what does it look like to think about, you know, requests in our in our networks of care from a place of balance and that formula and that recipe, it's it's increasingly difficult. And so and so, yeah, I, you know, they ended up asking people and I, I turned around and I had to say, look, I need consent before mm-hmm. you ask anybody to help me with any. And I felt like so like clear mm-hmm. that I'm like, I would not. I'm like, if I heard someone else talking like that, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Shut up. But yeah. the necessity to have a moment to pause and like tend to the very visceral thematic response of, of like this feels dangerous and this mm-hmm. feels scary um and so yeah i think that those are the three the three things that i'm floating around and, and kind of want to hear your thoughts around like the visceral reality of how scary that is you know thinking back to this moment of miami and where miami has come today and the very real reality that like yeah you know this is a national this is a global reality, but this is a national tension where there is more need for care than there is folks who have, you know, capacity to share it. And, and we see this directly in our personal network. So yeah, talk to me about like, even on your most embodied days of like, I have permission to make the request and I want to stretch in those ways. Like, what are the calculations that you're making around 
the recipe for how to do this with everyone's dignity in mind. Oh, I'm gonna do the thing again. I'm like, oh my god, oof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I, I wanted, I wanted to say something. I think about Miami because I think similarly to you. I mean, you know, it wasn't like that was a, a topic on the agenda per se, but like, how would it not be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel something that was really hard and still. I have really complex feelings around is on one end feeling really certain that I had to leave Miami and that my time there had expired and feeling in some ways like a lot of solace and resolution around the things I build and co-build alongside so many incredible people and comrades and just community folks um, in a lot of different arenas like and feeling really proud around that. You know, I'm reading the new Mariam Kaba book and one of the questions she asks is like, what have you actually built and, and mm. how important that question is for people of our political commitments um, that are so interested in dismantling systems, but also the co-responsibility we have to, to build, right? And yeah, feeling really proud of all of that, but then at the same time and almost like on the other's point of the spectrum feeling like really grieving and feeling really disappointed in myself that I wasn't and also not trying to like hyper individualize it like me Nikki but like not seeing that our dreams were becoming more alive as political and economic conditions were worsening in Miami um and I think that feels really that felt really heart-wrenching and still does you know I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm going back home um this weekend for the first time in seven months which is very wild to say out loud like I it hadn't even really registered that I hadn't been home in so long um yeah and I have like a million one feelings about it but I think yeah feeling like some sense of disappointment and grief and uncertainty around like how much more loss will we endure mm-hmm. And then I think also feeling challenged to not think in such like binary terms, right? So, you know, not like the win or the loss or the dream is being realized or it's not. Um, but then I think just keeping it a buck, like also, you know, those are, are real emotions. Please and, let us get a win. <laughs> right. Um, but then, yeah, also just feeling like, okay, the, the win right now is like the transformation that happens within ourselves and within our networks and the people that we build relationships with and continue to do I think like those seeds have just sprouted abundantly Mm -hmm. um and I think that's where I find my calm and and my resolute but then all these other narratives are still there and and I haven't been able to like entirely metabolize them and I think because I'm a political worker and an organizer, it also feels hard to be in a new place that I just don't, I don't really understand the landscape in the same way. And realizing it's gonna be like a long learning curve. And I don't know, I guess like, m- maybe it's like oversimplifying it, but I, I, I sort of imagine if like, it's like if you're a painter and you're being asked to like, I don't know, like use tools you've never used or like if you are, you know, like it just feels like something that I typically have been really skilled at and have really enjoyed and have poured so much energy um, intellectually, physically, otherwise into like I feel less capable of doing it here because I just don't have familiarity. I don't have those relationships and all of that is asking a lot more of me um, than it than in some ways than it did back home mm-hmm. um and i think that was in that was in something i was like expecting or that i could have foreshadowed entirely um so yeah a lot of thoughts about miami i think especially like you know i have like a really emotional tender spot around climate stuff i think just like based on what has happened in puerto rico you know year after year of course being from miami and knowing like sort of what what position Miami represents in climate collapse and seeing the inaction from political leaders there 
and then also being now in a place like New York, you know, where it was like, you know, you weren't able to come to my birthday because there was like an air crisis, right? Like no, all of these things, <laughs> just being, being here with us and and knowing that it only get worse, yeah. and that our sort of commitment to to like hope will have to become like we'll have to meet the seriousness of of the crisis as well and yeah i think the task at hand is like really it's a hard one to undertake right now um and yeah i don't know i think you know even when we were in brazil and there was like that storm like and then i just you know we got back to our place and i was just like sobbing in the shower Mm -hmm. um so yeah i know it like represents some like there's something really spiritually and emotional that like feels really tender and precarious around climate conversations and realities um and i also hear i also hear in that a question of like impact Mm -hmm. and shifting landscape and you know in a moment in time where among many conditions and among many desires you know i think the hard part about displacement and migration is like it's nuanced right like we are yeah. people who are trying to stay tethered to our agency and and through all these chapters of instability do indeed have a degree of disposable income and so it's not this flatline story of forced migration and then da, 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 mm-hmm. but like among many things informing your decision my decision to leave miami um were the conditions around displacement around the housing and climate and I think the heartbreak is like we don't escape those conditions they keep reinventing themselves in different places and I think the further heartbreak you know and what I hear in your words and and I think we both had a sense like this might be the case but we we choose the process in any case is like man the patience and the humility that is required to be a political actor under new conditions and in mm-hmm. in respond to those same tensions and those same you know very very material um challenges and so you know even as simple as i'm like i want to host a dinner but like i don't understand the landscape yet i want to be a person who can bring people together in favor of building you know deeper interdependence and collectivity to offset some of these challenges it's like well i don't i don't who who knows who like where's the drama like what types of things does this community need like you know all of those questions are really important when we're actually thinking about impact and and i know how important you know my assessment of so much of your impact it isn't it hasn't been actually in this like you know, deeply, like, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but just like autopilot searching for like, and what next and what next? It's been in deep witnessing mm-hmm. and deep reflecting and thinking to ourselves, like, what are the gaps? And like, what are the ways that we can make most meaning and most sustainable meaning and highest impact meaning in those gaps and finding the gaps? Yeah. Now that shit takes time. Yeah, it does. And yeah, that's part of like, that's part of the the new reality. I think, like for us as individuals in this moment, um, yeah. and then I'm I'm also just you know I was like been reflecting on how you know under these worsening conditions in this country and of course global but like in this country, so much of people's like communities are being sort of like ripped apart obviously in extremely violent ways right and then even like as you move through the spectrum of violence and also just like in terms of opportunities and security and um closeness to family or whatever it might be like how when i even think of like our set of friends and like sort of like our ecosystem of of our people is like oh we're kind of we have kind of in some ways been pushed out or like have been sort of yeah, are kind of now scattered. And that makes, again, this like role of care, it, it complicates the question a little bit, right? You know, and, and I've been thinking of it more like, you know, having conversations about things like parenting, right? Mm-hmm. And my own thinking around like what that would require, like in in our sort of like small community. And 
it's like, oh, well, it's really hard to lean on one another when we're across the country in like different time zones. And of course, there's ways to be inventive and creative. And like, that's exactly how we're showing up. But we also need to be sober and real about the the reality of like what what becomes possible when we're yeah just spread across the country um at times by things that are out of our control or not really like fully in our choice you know i think if you would have told me a year ago that you'd be living in chicago right now i'd be like and how does that happen what? <laughs> you know like <laughs> what um yeah <laughs> and i also had like you know my own like selfish dreams of like you know just like the whole squad being yeah. between new york city and like upstate and us like realizing our dreams around land work and you know collectively yeah. owning land and like preparing ourselves for you know what octavia butler has been warning us about and had warned us about decades ago um oh we're we're still gonna get there yeah i mean period but you know it's like I don't know. There's like so much like it's again tied to this idea of like control expectations and like surrender and like having to question my own uh, like the rigidity I have around certain timelines, you know, especially as we're getting older. Um, and, you know, I think I had so many like by 30 comma la 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 la. And even though they weren't like necessarily like your typical like corporate girl boss things because it's like that's just like not what resonates um they were these sort of like goals and intentions I wanted of like okay the collective land ownership and we'll have this figured out and we'll have that figured out and now as uncertainty is just like truly really the only thing we can count on and one another of course I'm just like okay I need to drop my shoulders and understand that like these timelines are not linear and they're not realistic and they like need to be more breathable and i need Absolutely. to ask myself like what grounds these expectations and these longings and are there small scale experimentations mm -hmm. that you know i can like dip my toes in um as we build over time but you know easier said than done i think like what feels true intellectually is one thing you know yeah. what feels true in my body and in my heart sometimes feels like a complete contradiction and and that's also the name of the game right now like as someone that has like lived in their head for so long as a gemini and like you know the more space i allow for my heart and my spirit to announce their needs and their presence the more contradiction and the more debate it creates with like the thoughts in my head that for so long you know back to the original audrey um audrey lord quote for so long have been like the only the only one in the writer's room and like the only one in the council you oh, know and have had executive power for so long and yeah it's it's really it's really fucking tricky like i you know it it's also interesting to me like how so many people are thinking about these things you know i'm obviously someone that's like interested in cultural trends and like what books are people reading and why and like what are things trending on social media or TikTok or whatever and like what are the narrative points and it's like obviously this is not unique to us people are desperate for reciprocity and care in a communal sense as well and are feeling increasingly confused as to how to achieve that um, right. and yeah that feels tricky I think it's gonna like you know our conversation right now is not gonna be like the first or last of of this like reckoning um but yeah so i don't know your questions like really got my mind kind of like bouncing around in so many interconnected webs mm. yeah absolutely and i think you know speaking to the gap of like the conceptual sort of imagining of what transition what evolution looks like and then like the very like tangible becoming of that you know i think the the lesson in between that for me has been like oh fuck and like what do my priorities say how do my priorities begin to inform like where i can invite grace and where i won't you know because i think a testament to aging a testament to like being you know very visional vi visionary individuals within um 
yeah, just like really resourced communities. Mm -hmm. I don't think there have been a lot of moments where like commitment hasn't been able to get us through to that place of like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then all the shit fucking actualized. And it's really been a journey of being like, oh shit, I might not get it all like Mm -hmm. I thought it would. I might not get it all at once. Um, And so I think for me, like learning prioritization as a as a way to be like all right what are the things that i'm okay with sort of inviting grace and faith frankly around being like and life will throw that my way when the time is right and this thing like no i i need to have that um and so i think like you know on that thought kind of transitioning us more towards like yeah and you and you have been thinking really deeply about these questions for so long and you've also been like in really, really celebratory ways, learning how to support yourself and take deep care of yourself and accept deeper care from people who love you and are committed to you um, across across this like ever evolving chapter. And so, you know, for all the people that are experiencing these like very similar questions of like, well, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Because it is an economic trend nationally, you know, internationally. and for all the other reasons, like, yeah, what are what are some things that, like, you have in your toolkit these days? What is the recipe for care that you're like, and this is the shit that actually, like, after some trial and error, like, I am, exp- I am in commitment to. Oh, I, I, I really love that question because it's, I think, especially this week, it's something I've really been thinking a lot about. Um, and I'll give, like, a few examples. You know, I haven't been... For the first time in what feels like my adult life, I haven't like been part of like a political home or political organization during this time. While I was traveling and like kicking in Italy, I'm like, yeah, that's okay. That's all. Like, that's all. That's all good. Now that I'm like in a city that has, I mean, the encapsulation of all crises in this country. I'm like desperately longing for them um, and trying to understand like where I fit in and what sort of space I want to like dedicate my energy towards and why. And I mean, that has felt really just really hard to do while also like not having an apartment and like not having a job and like, you know, just trying to get my life in order. So but that void has been for me, I have like really felt it, particularly because I know how much like political experiments and sometimes I hesitate to call it like to preface it as like political because I think sometimes people have really binary expectations of like what that means and I just mean like you know a a space of people with shared values um, acting together towards a shared commitment and a shared vision right but not having that has also like really impacted me um and I think it's also sort of impacted my own orientation to hope in this moment. Um, and as someone that's like obsessed with that discipline, um, it's it's been really like confusing. Um, and in this past week, I've been thinking more around that, like, okay, what is the rule? What is the role that being part of like larger groups and like struggling together? Like, what does that actually, how does that, shift me and my life um and I think not having it has like demonstrated a lot um and even just this week I'm like working on some content um for like some like contract work I'm doing and a lot of it is around like just really amazing experiments across the U.S. and like across the world but like more U.S. focus of just like dope ass like people's budget like people just doing dope ass shit around collectivizing resources like Mm -hmm. so you know this question of care and I think as I've been like doing all this research and like putting talking points together and all this thing like I don't know it sort of like illuminated a fire in me again like a new where I'm like oh yeah like people will continue to resist and like I have a choice as to whether I want to be part of that um, active 
like pursuit towards dignity for me and other people um and that feels like really you know great gracely boggs talks about how like revolution and revolutionary processes are essentially just about becoming more human Mm -hmm. and for me that's like one of the the quotes that i think of the most you know um because there's so many opinions around like what is it to be a revolutionary or like what does that even mean and i think like all of us are just trying to become more human and trying to like chip at the wall that all like the walls and the barriers and the armor that we've had to like construct for generations for ourselves and how that blocks us from ourselves and one another but yeah like i think just even like taking the time to like reconnect with these very real examples of of care and interdependence and and unity and solidarity has been like really 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 supportive for me in this week which you know i got my new apartment yesterday but it was a really hard week leading up to and you know i'm also in portuguese class because you know hello and now that i've like leveled up i it's it's dope because i get to like do more like juicy denser um curriculum and you know we watched snippets of this movie that is just like showcasing um people squatting what used to be a hotel in sao paulo and it's like brazilians and it's also like palestinian refugees lebanese refugees african like particularly from the congo refugees and it's like this really beautiful film and i think even just like watching that i'm like I don't know, I like felt it in my body, like just being reminded of, of there's an abundance of examples um, of our people choosing another way without guarantees. And that's, I think everything we've been talking at, like at the individual level, like that is actually the task. Like how do we choose one another in dignity without guarantees, right? Because I think we've been moving, like thinking we, we have some guarantees. Um, I think I've been, like you know i've been nerding out this week around like the ups strike and just amazed like wow a third of a million of people are like ready to go on strike in two weeks and like that will change i mean that will be felt in every single corner of the world and how lucky are we that we get to experience what would but what would be the largest strike in u.s history um and it's like yeah i'm just like being reminded you know i was like watching this morning like a something about people organizing in puerto rico around like closed schools and seeing how people have transformed abandoned schools into these like really beautiful sites of like community and like art making and culture work and organizing and i'm just like oh yeah i'm like reminded like okay you can like stray away for a little bit but I think to your question around like what in the toolkit has always like is reliable I think it's like coming back to your people and and I say that like in an expansive way you know I mean like workers I mean oppressed people I think that for me has actually in the hardest of times either politically economically personally have has always brought me this like breath of life and of meaning and of purpose because I think you know and I feel like we see it online and we see it with people like to see how many young people feel so pessimistic and feel so lost and feel like a lot of this is not worth it you know is 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 really heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and I'm just, for me, I think one of my roles is also, like, extending the invitation to other people to, like, join in and also find their more humanness in the process of struggle alongside others. And, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. I think actually just returning to those examples, like, brings me such a, I don't know, like, a, a calm that is unique. I'm like, wow, even as things get worse, like, our people will choose each other and I don't know th- I don't know what's more humbling and more exciting than that especially in these like apocalyptic times Ram Kaba says anything worth doing is worth doing with others mm. and I feel like that's 
I'm slowly returning to that as I figure like all these, you know, quote unquote life things out. Like I'm returning to that knowing and that truth. And that feels like, yeah, I don't know. That feels like a, a safety net that has always supported me in times of uncertainty. Yeah, it's my turn for the orgasmic breath. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a beautiful <clears throat> synthesis to end on. Um, may I indulge you with some affirmations? I mean, I love that, babe. You know what I mean? I'm like, when would I ever say mm-hmm. no to that? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I think one of my favorite things about your power Mm. um, interpersonally and politically and and really them being a mirror of the same is your commitment and your ability to take what what lives so potently and at times so laced with hardship in ourselves and take the risk to share it with one another for the sake of seeing ourselves in each other and knowing that when we do that, we find our power, we see shifts, and there is a different way. And yeah, just like, And also, you know, like the willingness to embody multiplicity, right? Like it's not, there is no flatline answer of like, all right, so you've been gone for a year, bitch, and where you been at? There has been so many moments of deep, rich joy, or to be clear, you've been gone on the podcast. There have been so many moments of deep, belly laugh filled joy. There's been so much travel and pleasure. I've seen you ass out in Lebanon, ass out in Rio, (laughs) you know, like we've just, there's been so, (laughs) there's been so much delight and yes to life and yes to the now, right? And yes to the, to the unknown in between and in that like an ever present commitment to alchemize the hardships of life and always use them as a vessel to turn back toward one another. And so I, I thank you for your modeling in that. It was one of the most significant, you know, alternative ways to think about challenges in my earlier days of, you know, when we were younger, I remember like, you know, when I, I, I didn't like grow my political journey until I was maybe around like, 22 something around that and before that it was giving Eckhart totally top to bottom on my bookshelf I was deep in my shit like what is happening in the eye level and I think what was so beautiful about our friendship was like you were trying to meet me there you were like word that I feel that shit too the shame shit sucks you know the self-doubt shit sucks the questions of belonging suck and I think being able to see these questions on a material level and find the power of possibility that exists within that is just, you know, it's an invitation that will only become more and more potent. And so thank you for your vulnerability, Nikki. Mm. Thank you for saying yes to yourself. Thank you for inviting more layers of all of your magic and all of your becoming into, yeah, into all the, into all the opportunities in, uh, that you wish to be witnessed in. Uh, we get to have choice and discernment around things, but I can say very confidently that like your decision to be more vulnerable is a gift upon us all. And I love you mm-hmm. so, so much. Um, what a gift. I love you so much. I'm literally just so overjoyed that we get to do this life thing together. It's really it's really beautiful and I feel like our connection has yeah has just like allowed me to grow in the most yeah I think just in ways that I could have never imagined oh there goes bear I don't know if y'all Hi, can. Bear. <laughs> um yeah I mean I think when I just think back of like I don't know the last maybe eight years of us like really being in in deep relationship with one another and like all the magic and 
just transformation that has happened in that time like it that brings me a lot of comfort for the future and knowing that that is a continued possibility like oh we get to like figure shit out with other people and we get to expand on our love and all those good good feelings and that you know that that's a possibility and I'm like okay that means like the next decade ahead is gonna be also like beautiful and moving and awe-inspiring and for that I'm really grateful yes absolutely okay um for uh me just overindulge at, at the risk of overindulging us mm-hmm. um <laughs> it, it wouldn't be very community chef of me otherwise could you experiment nikki with mm-hmm. i want you to tap into yourself i want you mm-hmm. to recollect all the experiences of pleasure that have taken place um in different lands that you've had the gift of visiting and spending time in and i want you to tune in to close your eyes butch i want you to tune into one of your favorite meals one of your favorite meals of this past year and could you just like with like a lot of exaggeration like bordering the edge of like appropriateness and whatever that might mean just like really paint a scene for us of what that meal might be and just take me to that place <laughs> um it's also lunchtime and i'm hungry but i just feel like this feels right in my body yeah oh my god this is really hard because i have like a few windows window of course panels, you know because like let's and favorite meal could mean all the things that inform it right so like yeah, yeah, it was course, a great day the sun was you know this don't have to be the most delicious just like an iconic memorable meal no of course of course Oh, my God. I mean, for sure, like, I'm transported to somewhere in Brazil. Mm. For sure. You know. And and just to be clear, I spent two two months in Italy. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to name that because, you know, the gastronomy girlies. Um, But somewhere in Brazil, I mean, we had so many amazing meals. You know what? I think I'm going to say... I know which one I'm going to say. Come on. <laughs> um, our, our spot was on this sort of main avenue. Um, there was like, you know, very like traditional colonial Latin America architecture of like a big church right behind it. There was this gorgeous, ginormous garden, sort of botanical space. And then like a road after behind that you found yourself in the ocean um and in that walk you would actually see the christ the redeemer um overlooking on the city from the hill and i think you know i got there a few days before you and i remember i had just like really nudged you to come to brazil and you know i was really I was putting in work and I was like, trust me, it's just going to be amazing. You're going to love it. It's going to be your favorite place. Just trust me. And, you know, I haven't done the number, but like, I feel like we've definitely been to like over 10 countries together. So it was a big claim to be like, this is going to be your favorite place. But I felt confident and and I knew I was in the right. So (laughs) you got there a few days later and it was just like so giddy like it just felt like first day of school vibes I was like oh shit like what are you wearing okay what are we doing what's it giving and for context we're also not living together this is like the first time we're traveling and visiting each other from different homes so we hadn't seen each other for a few months too oh yeah 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 important very important um so you know we like link up it's just like this just amazing feeling and we go downstairs and like on our blog there's like just like this kind of like small restaurant um mostly you know kind of like yeah i'm mostly just all locals there maybe eating there on their lunch break or something of the sorts and we have this amazing well we shared it and it was just like in this huge um you know like steaming cast iron skillet 
and it's like this delicious like orangey crab soup mm. you know the one <laughs> you know the one and they just like bring us like you know some like fresh like sliced up bread to just mm. dip it in there and we were just having such an experience mm. we were just like i think at that moment like it registered like oh shit we're like about to have the fucking most iconic month of our lives and we are in such a beautiful place with such a radiant militant history around again like interdependence and choosing one another and such gorgeous landscapes and how lucky are we that we get to be in the first carnival since uh the pandemic and like that joy that brazilians exude um just like wow we get to be part of this and and that we get to do it together and i feel like it was like when we were eating that meal that it like kind of just all clicked and like fell into place and we're like oh shit and like our friends are gonna come visit and like it's just gonna be that that height of excitement and of potential and possibility and like joy and delight i feel like was so well encapsulated by that moment when we're having that delicious crap soup and we're like oh shit like it's happening wow so, yeah, that's what comes to mind <laughs> oh thank you so much i totally thought you were going to talk about the place downstairs that had the iconic fried fish and like treated us mm. like they had known us for 10 years oh and, yeah like, i mean those are the homies you know they were given kin yeah and then sure. once you started talking about the cast iron dish i was like oh we're going there and my body responded like i was <laughs> like yes this is exactly mm -hmm. it was one of the best soups i had ever had in my life y'all yeah oh uh, like definitely no. when i go back it's yeah it's like when like in seven months when we go back right um <laughs> so much love nikki so much gratitude so much. to you and i can't wait to see what the rest of the season has for us <sighs> Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you.